Welcome to From Cork With Love Adventure, the podcast which does its best to give you a bit of insight into what's going on in Ireland today, and especially what's going on from Cork. The big debate that's going on in Ireland today is called a referendum, and it's all about the repeal of an article in the Constitution which will effectively which will change the law in relation, which will lead to a change in law in relation to abortion in Ireland. So I've been doing my best to record pieces of the debate so that it'll be there for the future. A variety of bits of the debate and particularly so that people living outside Ireland will be able to listen if they're interested in to, to what, what's the quality of the conversation that goes on here in the country. I, I also do it um, in, in the hope that people who have views on the topic, people who have Experience, relevant experience, relevant feelings, relevant thoughts, relevant hopes, relevant fears, will put them into, into words and uh, that I might hear them and that I might be able to share them with other people. And there have been a few people who have already um, contacted me and said a bit about this topic. The... Um, tricky thing I faced at the beginning in relation to it was how to how to how to pull it all together how to curate it so I originally thought I would do one episode on From Cork With Love Adventure one, one episode on the podcast and that would be all and so far I've got is it two or three and this is either going to be my third or fourth episode so you can go back and see within the podcast what episodes have addressed the topic of the Irish referendum Um, where a few days out the debate is going to get more and more uh, full of opinions and views thank goodness my belief is that the more this topic is discussed the better the more people who are against it come out and speak the better the more people who come in favor of the repeal of article um, of the eighth amendment the better the more there's conversation between both sides the better Um, this is a topic which hasn't been much discussed in Ireland, although I was out of the country for a long time, because people from Ireland are are having abortions every day. It's not as if Ireland is a you know a country which doesn't have abortions. This is a country that in which people do well. People Irish people from Ireland go to the UK to have abortions, and people in Ireland are receiving uh, through the post via the internet um, tablets that will uh, cause an abortion so it's uh, not as if it's a very good thing 
to carry on ignoring the whole topic. So, this um, is a big issue. It's a big issue for a lot of people. I, I even have a certain amount of reluctance to say anything myself based upon the grounds that I'm a man. And that it would be easy for me to have opinions. And yet it's a woman who has to make a decision, or we'll say it's a woman who has to carry a baby to term or not to term. So I don't feel that the situation is equal. And in a kind of a way, I do feel that my own uh, vote ought not to be as powerful as the vote of a woman. Now, I know there are arguments that say, look, a man has an interest in um, the pregnancy, either an interest in it continuing or an interest in it, in it finishing, and that a man is also equally responsible for the woman getting pregnant. So I appreciate those points, but I'm still left with the view that, you know, what would it be like, Paul, if somebody said to you that you not only were pregnant, but that despite the fact that you didn't want to have a baby, that you had to have a baby. What, what would I feel about that? And that it was, that there were laws in Ireland uh, about this topic. And that my own, uh, it wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have a free choice about what I was going to do. How would I feel about that? And also, how would I feel about it if I was, had a whole lot of options and I had to make choices. Would I? Would it not be easier if I had no choice, if the matter was taken out of my hands by society and I, I was forced with no choice? And, and so on and so forth. I mean, these are all hypotheticals. But I... Yeah, I remember one thing. I made a decision myself that I was going to have a vasectomy. Here, come here. Come here. Come here, Louis. And, uh, you know, I considered that. I thought about it. I thought about it. But I always felt it was my decision. And I never really... I certainly didn't... Uh, never crossed my mind that the state could ever get involved in it. I'm kind of fumbling around about the topic. Um, so, but I am pleased that to be able to introduce here on From Cork With Love Adventure some more of the discussions that are taking place in Ireland. And I would be, again I say again, very interested in hearing from you and sharing your views with other people or even hearing from you privately if for any reason you don't want to share your own views with anybody other than me. This is Paula Manny. Thank you very much.
so, so, so why are you voting no there? What is your... If you, yeah. if you wish to tell us your experience and how that influenced... Yeah, no, I mean, I don't have any personal experience. No. I'm, I'm very lucky for that point of view, apart from the fact that my daughter was born, um, you know, out of wedlock, if you want to say it like that, 17 years ago, and I, it would have been a shame thing, you know, from, from, from my background coming up in the countryside and so forth. And um, so... Uh, and I, I, that's why I found it amazing that, that somebody who's much younger than me, Martha, that she would also have had, you know, I thought, my God, surely we've moved beyond that. And you know, seemingly we really haven't in this country. And um, I'm voting no, at the end of the day, I'm voting no because, I, my, as I said to your researcher, I just physically can't take a box that allows abortion. I guess the whole thing about women are going abroad, I guess the whole thing is it exists in so many other countries in the world that it is a reality. And I'm not, you know, I think, I think sometimes the no-goes where we're, we're kind of persuaded that we're, we're not living in reality. Of course, I see the entire reality. I've had a couple of friends who've had abortions and had only just compassion for them and been so sorry for them. Um, but because I know what the physical act of abortion is, I know that I, I can't, I can't physically take that box. And yet, as I said to your researcher, when I stand there on May 25th, my, my hand will be hovering, and I won't just take it and walk out those that's great. And, and I even said to him that if the drug happening happens to, you know, I won't use the word win, but if they are the ones that are successful on the day, I won't be cheering. Because I think no matter what way the vote goes, I think women lose. Actually, to me, I find that abortion is not a choice. It's an option, but it's a terrible, terrible choice. And, and I feel that that there's professionalism to move forward. I know a lot of people, with, a lot of women will say, but it's my body, my choice. And I do understand all that, but the physical act of abortion, to me, is just such a terrible, terrible thing. I, I, I just can't. I've agonized over it, you know. I just can't go for it. And, I'm, and I, I feel like apologizing to every woman out there who thinks that that's a terrible thing. And I, I do feel I have to apologize, but I, I can't go to yes. It's not terrible, but I, I don't know. I just can't go to yes. And Laura, your question, I'll ask Mark the same question in a second. Um, if the vote doesn't go your way, so to speak, i.e. no, if the vote is yes, what difference do you think that will make? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you, you, you don't want a yes vote, so what, what are you dreading out of a yes vote? As I said to Mark, I made the point actually that this is the last time as, as individuals that we get a vote of any kind. Well, if we repeal it, then it goes to the people who are going to legislate. And no, I don't, I don't trust an awful lot of them. And I don't trust them to come up with legislation that would be progressive and moving forward. And my fear, and it, it, you know, I had said to her, if actually repeating it meant that it went to them to legislate, and then it came back to us to have another vote on what they decided mm -hmm. to legislate, I would be more inclined to actually vote yes. Mm -hmm. But this is my last and only chance for my voice to be heard. So I feel like the vote, no, I'm afraid that they will just bring in unrestricted, that, you know, that we will be probably the most liberal country in Europe or in the world with abortion. And it is a possibility, yes, but people say, oh, but that won't happen. And, you know, blah, blah, it won't be like the oh. States, it won't be like this. But, uh, but uh, there's no guarantee for any of us that, that it won't, you know. And, and I would just say that there are obviously certain circumstances that I would agree with. Because, you know, I, I would like to say, in case anybody out there has ever been through the most awful thing about rape, I would hate them to think that I wouldn't allow, I would not allow, but I wouldn't think that they should have one. I would, of course.
not many women in the country or men who would say to anybody who's their right, you, you should have that baby. But we have compassion. We just we just don't want to see it as a kind of, you know, what a silly one! Uh, no vote tomorrow week. What difference would it make? And two, that 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 last point, uh, or the main point that Dorothy is addressing. Okay, she recognises the, the the hard cases as they're referred to. They are human beings, and, and she she makes that point uh, of of uh, rape. And but she, her, her bottom line is that the whole even notion of the act of abortion. So one, what difference would it make if, if you lose, so to speak? And two, how do you address that prevailing shadow that is in that that is will keep Dorothy uh, putting the X in, in the no box? Yeah. Um, well, I think Joe. I mean. I, I, and again, like, like we were saying last night on the bus, I can see the logic in a lot of those things that's already said, for sure. But at the end of the day, we're not living in an ideal world, as there are women getting on the boat, getting on the plane, day in, day out. And unfortunately, it's not compassionate. Uh, in my opinion, that, you know, it's not compassionate to, to restrict their choices. They're, the choice is there for the people who can afford it, for the people who can scrounge the money to go and get their abortion elsewhere. They don't have the health care and the support. And they, they, you know, the choice of, of abortion, nobody wants to make that choice. But people are in positions where they have to make that choice. And whether you agree with the act of abortion or not, I just feel that it's happening. By sending it to the UK, it you know, negates the fact that it's happening here in our country and we're shipping it out. And if we do legislate for the AIDS to be repealed, at least then we can support the women mentally, medically, you know, we can support them to have the option and possibly not make that choice. It's not, you know, it's not saying that now these women can get abortion great let them off. It's saying that if that is an option for them in their minds, that they have the health care, that they can sit down with a medical professional and that medical professional doesn't have their hands tied by the constitution. And I, I understand the, the concerns in terms of what they will legislate, but we've ha we have a nice layout. We know to a point what the legislation will be, and it's handing it back to the women. It's not handing it over to the politicians, it's handing it back to the women who can say, this is an option that I want to look at. And maybe a lot, nobody, like, you know, Chu Amanda mentioned last night uh, at the intervention centre, no woman is going to wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to have a cup of tea and an abortion. And I'm looking forward to that. Nobody is choosing abortion because that's the, the way they want to go. And, you know, if you can't vote yes, for, we'll say not for the hard cases, what we're calling the hard cases. You know, if you can't, if you can't vote yes for the women who are just making the choice, because maybe they have financially can't afford another child, maybe that they, it's a lifestyle that they can't go forward with, then we should be making the choice, the yes vote, for the people who have faith of fetal abnormalities and can't bring their baby back to Ireland. For the people who have been victims of rape, the 12-week restriction, the unrestricted 12 weeks, is there for people who have been raped and who, you know, rape can't be proved within 12 weeks. And it's also traumatic okay. for them. You know, it's traumatic for them. So, you know, that option is there. And I'm putting my trust in the women to go forward and make their okay. choices. Not in the politicians. Dorothy, what's going through your head now? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I know. And, and 
that there is that barrier there. It's a financial barrier, but there is a Ryanair ticket. It is the cultural, the whole people saying to us who had a board, they couldn't even understand what was being said to them in Liverpool or whatever. Um, but if you make it easier, it becomes more acceptable. It becomes culturally more uh, open. What, what do you think of that argument? Sure. Well, actually, Joe, you know, statistically, when abortion is, is available, it's actually going to break down the number of abortions because it brings down the stigma and the shame and the panic. So you don't feel like you have a lack of options. You have options. You have support with, within the array of options. You know that if you decide to have an abortion, you will have mental, you know, health support. You will even just societal support that you are not going to be stigmatized for the rest of your life. And that actually may be the turning point of not getting an abortion. But here in Ireland, unfortunately, we are still getting past shame and stigma. Just not just in terms of abortion, in terms of pregnancy, in terms of women's rights, in terms of, okay, okay. you know... Say, say, say with us to do, if you could, please, um, uh, um, Sheila and Roisin. Sheila, good afternoon. How are you doing? Hi. Good, thanks. Now, Dorothy mentioned there, Dorothy Collin mentioned there, that um, it's the, the act, the image, the, or she can't get it out of her head, just she, she can look at all the various options, but just this image of the act of an abortion. Now, you, you sat through a video. I did, and um, a lady was on the phone yesterday saying that yes. she remembers having seen a video at school, and I text in, I remember to this day watching that video at school, I was 14 when I was shown a video of an abortion. Hmm. And it was, it was like watching a scan video. It was, um, it was like a scan video, and you could see the abortion taking place. And it was a late-term abortion, from what I know, because the baby was fully formed and you could actually see the baby fighting and screaming while it was being aborted. And I was 14 and I had nightmares for years afterwards. And I'm not exaggerating that. It was horrific. Absolutely horrific. Mm. My mother actually took me out of the school afterwards because um, your researcher was asking me there, was there permission given mm. to show this video? And there wasn't. It was one of those rainy day things, you know, where the, you can't do PE and they pull in the uh, video into yeah. the cast of the trolley and they put in this video and showed it to us at 14. And I know I was 14 because I was an intercert yeah. um, that year. And how does that obviously impact on, on you dramatically and persistently, but in terms of uh, colouring your, your tomorrow week in your 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 pen hand hovering over the ballot paper, yeah. very simple ballot paper, a yes or no effectively. Yeah, and um, I can't remember which lady was saying there that you know this is her last chance to be heard, and that's kind of my point. It's not that I can't see all sides; I can see every every argument that everybody's making. But I think if I was voting on something that we were saying, you know, that we're allowing vote, we're allowing abortion on this rather than just repeating it, and we don't know what decisions then other people are going to make afterwards, that we'll never again have a say. And there's one big thing that plays on my mind, because I don't have any daughters, and it's playing on my mind, what rights will the fathers have? Because if a husband goes to a doctor now for a vasectomy, for example, like the, the couple are spoken to together, you know, is the wife happy with this vasectomy? Is the husband happy with this vasectomy? But if a woman then will go for an abortion, what rights will the father have? You get my point. But how how will it, how will the yes vote change that? Well, it's not that it will change that. 
Well, if, if, if we were given a decision, if we were given something that we were voting on, rather than just repealing something and letting other people decide, well, it is what fairly, it would be. Is it not fairly clear? The bill has been published. Um, it's, it's there, and now it's detailed, but it's there to be read, and the various uh, mm. positions in it are, have been well articulated. The 12 weeks, then the whole mental issue, the fact that a number of medics have to assess, and that's up then on the mental or health or fatal fetal, that's, well, fatal fetal is right to the, to the end of the child, the child is dead, but if it's a threat to the mother, um, and, and then on mental health grounds, it's six, it's six months to viability. So mm. we, we have a fair idea what they're proposing. But, um, but, like, see, this, and this is what, I'm undecided, and I told you, you're, yeah, okay, that's fine, yeah, yeah, and like, so, like, like one-fifth of the population, it seems, well, nearly one-fifth, yeah. seven, and even listening yesterday, you had a lady on whose baby was, and um, diagnosed as having facial fetal abnormalities, but is 23 years old now. And that kind of really made me think yesterday, you know, um, a different way, again, you know, okay. just when I think I've kind of a mind made up, then I hear more information that changes it again. So I'm really, really undecided, you know. I have to go now. I have to go now. I have to stop recording. So there, another bit of the ongoing Irish debate before the referendum next week. From Alan Lynch. Um, if Poland could legislate for abortion in so-called hard cases of rape and fatal fetal abnormality, why can our legal minds in Ireland not formulate a proposal along similar lines for our constitution? Thank you very much, Alan, for the question. I think it's an important question, and it's one that we looked at an awful lot as an Oireachtas. Indeed, the Citizens' Assembly also looked at it as well. But the view of both the Citizens' Assembly, the Oireachtas, the government, over 700 lawyers, two former Attorney Generals in Michael McDool and John Rogers, and the former Chief Justice of the Supreme Court writing in yesterday's Irish Times, is that it's not possible or desirable to amend the Constitution. And I'll, t I'll tell you why. In Poland, my understanding is that if you were to deal with the rape clause, that a prosecutor would, would actually have to certify that an individual had, to, had been raped. And unless we want to find ourselves in a situation where we're re-traumatising people who've already been through the most difficult of circumstances, and um, that simply wouldn't work. I'd also make the point, though, uh, and as Health Minister, I'm very much aware of this, the complexity uh, of crisis pregnancy does require a legislative and a clinical framework, not just a couple of lines of static text in a constitution. So after much consideration of this, it was the view of the Oireachtas Committee, uh, the view of the Citizens' Assembly and the view of the government uh, that the best way to deal with this uh, is in legislation, rather than risking repeating the mistakes of the past, where we would put an amendment to the constitution that we could live then to you know, face court cases and legal uncertainty for many years to come. A number of questions in relation to abortion on the grounds of a baby being diagnosed in the womb with Down syndrome. Liam Foley points out that screening tests can now pick up Down syndrome as early as 10 weeks. So he says that means your point about no abortion on the grounds of Down's alone in the legislation, that that point is moot. And Grace is also asking for your reaction to statistics from the three Dublin maternity hospitals that show where Downs is diagnosed in pregnancy, more than 50% of parents are choosing termination. I want to thank Liam and Grace for the question, and I'm very conscious in answering that this, that this is a very sensitive issue, and I'm conscious of the comments of Down Syndrome Ireland in asking all of us, whatever our view is, to be, to be careful and conscious and sensitive in terms of how we uh, deal with this issue. But let me be very clear. 
there is firstly absolutely no provision in our legislative proposals uh, for disability as a grounds. And I need to say that because that is different to the UK, where there is provision in the UK. So we have made a conscious decision to exclude disability. Again, just for clarity, that sure. would be for abortion after the 12 weeks, would it, uh, where the woman is seeking the consent of two doctors to, to have an abortion for medical reasons, is that okay. right? I'm making the point disability isn't a ground at all, but I but I want to answer Liam and Grace's actual because question. Because their concern is in relation yes. to yes. particularly early diagnosis yes. of ground, grounds and the fact yes. that abortion can take place on request there. Clearly there are people who are concerned, Minister, yes. that that yeah. guarantee is not covering babies diagnosed with Downs in the first trimester. No, I, I, absolutely, Orlean. I want to answer that very directly because I've heard Dr. Mahoney on your own programme, the Master of Holistry, talk about this. I've heard Dr. Boylan, the chairman of the Institute of Obstetricians. Screening is not a diagnosis. So my understanding very clearly from listening to the Masters of our maternity hospital is whilst you can get screened uh, and it's not done to the public health service for certain disabilities at maybe nine or ten weeks, that that is not the diagnostic tool, that that takes a number of other weeks and that it means it's not a realistic proposition to have a certain diagnosis within 12 weeks. But I do have to say this because I've heard some arguments that are, that are upsetting. I don't think, I don't think that we should reduce the love that a mother has for their child with disability or any parent has for a child with disability to suggest that that love only relates to a couple of lines in Bunrock's hair. We are excluding disability. I think the question about screening is valid and important, uh, but I rely on the advice of Dr Boylan and Dr Mahoney in relation to screening not being the same as a diagnostic um, tool. A couple of questions about the provision of abortion. Um, if repeated you? Can you reassure them? 
Uh, very much so. And I would, I, I would reiterate the point on you because I've heard it so clearly from so many doctors and people running our maternity services. We're already seeing women in our maternity services that were providing service to her after they've had to travel abroad nine a day or take the abortion pill here three a day. So you know, already this is a reality. It's about how do we deal with it in a compassionate, supportive way. Jim Cormican asks, if the Eighth Amendment is repealed, will politicians be able to, if they so wish, to legislate for an abortion law in Ireland that's as liberal or more liberal than the abortion regime that exists in the UK today? Well, if, if, the, if the law is passed, uh, sorry, if the constitutional referendum is passed, we will be inserting words in our constitution that say provision may be made by law to regulate termination in Ireland. This is to allow people like me do our job and not decide that politicians in Westminster must vote for the abortion laws that impact on Irish women travelling 18,000 in the last five years. But this is a once in a generation uh, opportunity. And I'd say to but your the question is, Minister, where are you going? Yes, sorry, sorry, my, my, just to clarify, the, the, the question is about the kind of legislation you would yes. bring in, that you are proposing legislating for an abortion regime in Ireland that would be as liberal or more liberal than that that applies in the UK at the moment. That's a concern for many potential voters. How do you answer it? I answer it by very, very clearly saying it's not true in any way, shape or form. Uh, let's remember, Anya, that in the UK, uh, you're allowed access to termination up to 24 weeks. And the test is that continuing with your pregnancy would be worse for your health or that of your children uh, than not continuing. So that is not the condition here. We have a situation where we are explicitly putting a ban on late-term abortions, that if a pregnancy reaches viability, it must be delivered. We're excluding disability as a grounds. So this is vastly different. And the assertion that it is as liberal or more as the UK is one obviously made, and I respect their right to make it by people advocating for a no vote, mm -hmm. but it's not borne out by reality in my view. And a question from Brendan Conroy, finally, Minister, which goes to the heart of the trust politicians or don't trust politicians argument. Given that your own position has changed in recent years, isn't it reasonable for voters to assume you could change your mind again in the years ahead? So doesn't that mean they cannot rely on any statement you make? No, I don't think it does. I'm very proud to have changed my view. And I think we need to be careful when we use the word change. It's not like changing a television channel. This is a deliberative process I went through, following the evidence, listening to the Oireachtas Committee, listening to women, listening to their doctors. And I think many people in this country have changed their view. Just like in this country, we used to have a different view on divorce or marriage equality or lots of social issues. So my views have changed through a deliberative process, as have many others. And I'm proud now to stand in support of trusting women and trusting doctors to provide care and compassion for women in this country, rather than adopting what I feel is the ostrich approach, stick your head in the sand and pretend the reality doesn't exist. Abortion is a reality for Irish women. I want to be able to support them here. I also want to be able to work to reduce crisis pregnancies. And as you know, I made a number of announcements in that regard yesterday. We're out of time, but Minister, thank you very much indeed for joining us on Thank you so much. One, and thank you too to our listeners who sent in your questions. I tried to her observation, I tried to get her to do, but she thought she might want a baby one day, about a 15 year old, when she was a week off 16, on her second termination, and told the doctor she didn't come for a lecture when he tried to speak to her about it, which he was a stone Um a woman who had put down, uh, not paid for tickets, you know, two sons to America and spent two and a half months after, oh, sorry, it's my mobile phone. I'll turn it off. Okay, no problem. Um, sorry. Sorry, that's supposed to be empty. And um, spent two and a half months till she was, oh, 19 weeks pregnant. 
and then decided she wouldn't like to let her boys down because uh, she promised them they should go to Disneyland and that was um, another social abortion and in actual fact when the baby was delivered it was a uh, little girl um, whether she ever knew that I don't know I worked in the theatre but I think one group of people that have been left out of this altogether are the hospital staff and we had fierce problems in Melbourne um, because uh, abortion in Australia now is, is it varies from state to state, but um, is, le is legal up to between 20 and 24 weeks gestation, right, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, mm, well, the, yeah here, here, here will be 12 weeks and then there's uh, issues afterwards, uh, the, the health of the mother, fatal fetal abnormality. Um, mm -hmm. it, it will be the, the, the repeal side would say it, it's, it'd be much more restrictive here. Well... I mean, the restrictions are um, already catered for in the Protection of Life During Pregnancy Act. But like, for instance, I hear them bringing up a lot about young girls if they were raped, etc. Um, that's covered in under that legislation, I think mm. it was 2013, when okay. the health and animal child... Did, did you have to work on terminations? Oh, gosh, well, that's, that was one of the problems. I, I um, had a contract, you see, mm -hmm. and the Australian girls would, that would come in would be just in on a, with no contract. And, uh, oh, usually they left after a month or two, uh, you know, and only had to give a month's notice. But the turnover of staff, the, the people that were absenteeism. And why, why, why was that, you know? Because if... if they just, if they wanted to leave, they spent the last couple of weeks out on depression or things like that. They were. And this is because they had to. to yeah, they would have had to. Some of them, yeah. I, I um, had a few uh, times that I was had no choice. The choice I was, and I went up. I tried to get out of contract. No, I had a contract. Blah blah blah. I um, at the minute my contract was up, I was out the door. And I did. I mean, we fought over who, you see, there was five theatres in the hospital at the time. And uh, when you were down in the morning, you looked to see which theatre you were in, and then you looked to see what was in that theatre that day. And if you were in the theatre with termination, you went around trying to find someone else to go in there for you. And is it, is, it, is it your contention, Laura, that if anyone who's a yes voter ever saw an abortion or a, a, a termination abortion, mm. um, in our case up to 12 weeks so there are stipulations for afterwards um, is it your contention that anyone if anyone ever saw an abortion they would never vote yes oh it, it is I can't understand why people are not talking about the 
uh, emergency contraception that is given if uh, somebody is brought to a sexual assault unit or I know young girls that go and get it in the chemist if they've had unprotected sex the night before I can't remember what they did the night before um, and these are not about fascians these are this prevents the egg being released yes, from the ovum yes, so yes, there's no yes. conception well, 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 if, if what, what do you propose to do, Laura, or what would you propose to do to a woman who says, uh, I'm going to England to have an abortion for, for one of the reasons. You, you said you met women who said, I'm, I, I want an abortion because I want to go on my holidays. Yes, I have. And that's... But what would you do if, if you came across such a case here and they were heading to an, uh, a clinic in Liverpool? Well, what do you think I, I... should happen? Well, I mean, I tell them I thought they were very selfish and they were, you know, um, and I try and t I explain to them. Well, should they be physically stopped? Oh, no. I mean, and that's, uh, was a, that was put to the people. Should people be allowed to travel? You can't stop people at an airport and ask them, well, you know, are you going for an abortion if they're pregnant? I mean, I think that was a bit... Okay, so, um, so the situation next, if, if it's a... If it's a Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, if it's a no vote, the situation is that women, if they can afford it, can continue if they decide, um, and it's a big, big decision, uh, they, can, they can travel to the UK where there's a, the, 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 the number of weeks is different in the UK, you know, it's up to 24, um, where, where there's, there will be an even more, it is argued, I know there's, there's, um, there's, there's some contention over one aspect of it, but there's argued that there's a more liberal regime, you're saying it's fine for women, to, it's not fine, but it's okay, you're not going to, you don't, you don't propose the state to do anything about it, even though it's illegal at the moment, um, but you're saying if a woman wants to travel, um, to Liverpool uh, for an abortion because, as you say, you came across someone to, to, oh, to, afraid to go on a holidays. You think that, should, that, should, that shouldn't be hindered? Well, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you can't stop when pregnant women travelling. For that matter, you, you can't should, do it. Uh, should you try to at the airport. Should, should you? No, OK. So. But, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But, I mean, no, I wouldn't be... In, I would try and... I would try and have something in situ, at least some kind of education for these for women like that feel themselves in a complete bind over... Um, and I can understand. I can understand younger girls, if they do get pregnant, being yeah. so upset. But I think there is a lot that can be done to help them instead of, if they really knew what they were doing, I don't think they do it, that's all I'm saying and I think the staff that have to push, you know, at the other end, and the turnover of hospital staff which will inevitably happen here because a lot of Irish women, midwives or whatever possibly have never seen an abortion it's definitely the law does stipulate that you can conscientiously object if you, as a medic, if you do oh, yeah, you know, except, except in the case of an emergency where a woman's life is threatened, that's, oh, that's removed yeah. If you have a list and it's short staff. Okay. It was supposed to be the same. I mean, many of the obstetricians and the anaesthetists and different people were uh, not happy at all. But they, they were kind of... Well, that only lasted for a little while in Australia. And yeah. also there was, you know... Well, like, I see one opinion poll. I know, I know it's yeah. slightly dated. One opinion poll in Australia saying they're happy. The majority of people were happy with the regime. Well, they are, of course. Yeah, but they are. But they're not at the goal phase. Yeah, they, they are happy with well, the they, they, But they are, they, they, they would be at the coalface in that we presume some of them are having an abortion. There are no people who are having abortions. Oh, there's, yes, there's, no, I mean, there's no closer, the there's no closer end, to the uh, coalface. Yeah. 
No, no, no. I mean, they're not in the hospitals doing the abortions, is what I mean. Yes, they possibly are, because it's actually a social mm. issue now. I mean, I was in Australia a couple of years ago, um, and it was kind of people would nearly ask you, oh, are you going to have it? You know, or not. Well, maybe there, I mean, maybe there's some people who live in Australia. I'm, I'm trying to favourite here because I don't know. Anyway, trying to go, go through the Australian situation, but as I say, it's much more liberal than than what's proposed here, isn't that correct? Well, it is much more liberal. Oh, okay. but Let but me but, bring. But, but, uh, okay. No, it wasn't initially. It wasn't. Yeah, but it isn't. Oh, okay, the, take it was that the point. same as England. It became liberal and acceptable, and that's what I'm saying. Mm. Okay, say that, Laura, please. Joe, yeah, yeah. Joe Brune. Joe, good afternoon. Hi, Joe. How are you? You're, uh, you're a no... Good, thanks. You're a no... I hope you're well, too. You're a no voter. Well, I am a, a no voter, I suppose. It, it wouldn't have been something that I would traditionally have paid much interest to the whole debate, and I suppose our story is what's driven me to be a no voter, albeit some subtext to it as well. It's not a, a religious thing or a moral thing. I'm not judging anyone. Mine's purely from um, science and facts, really, where I've come to my, come to my um, positioning on it. What it is, she was six years ago on her first pregnancy, myself and my wife, Cotchlin. Um, at about 23 weeks, Cotchlin's blood pressure started to increase. She was admitted to University mm -hmm. Hospital Galway. Um, her blood pressure kept on increasing. Her platelets started to decrease, and she got what was called HELP syndrome, which is essentially severe preeclampsia. So I suppose her, her life was starting to be put in a bit of risk. Um, she was monitored for about four or five days, and then we were starting to be given options about possibly inducing our unborn son, Tom. Um, he turned out to be Tom. The good news is that he's alive and well today, thank God. Mm. Um, so, so it was an, er the, an early delivery after how many weeks, Joe? He was just over 25 weeks, okay. actually. So at the time, the six years ago, viability probably would have been about 24 and a half weeks. Yeah, yeah. So we were trying to hit that, uh, that mark, obviously. But it was in terms of her treatment, actually, um, by the obstetricians, the gynecologists and the surgeons. Joe is really where I'm coming from on this. And um, Cotchin's life was never put into danger. We were always given options about early inducement and told the longer mm. Tom stayed in utero, yeah. the better he had a chance to yeah. live, for his lungs to develop, etc. Yeah. And when Tom was born, he was 830 grams, a little red bean, perfect in every way possible, and brought wheels, wheels into the neonatal unit with myself. Cotchin was put into ICU herself on the other side of the hospital. Tom spent 115 days in there on life support and the medics, nurses and neonatal nurses everything at that uh, were, were pretty much miracle workers. So it's, I find it very insulting every time I hear how medics' hands are tied here because of the aid and women's lives are put into danger. We were left into, in no uncertain um, uncertainty that Constantine's life was the priority, that they would do their best and they were obliged to do it because of the aid. And was her, was her life ever in danger? No, her life wasn't in danger. She was literally monitored every second. She had blood pressure monitored the entire time. But we were told, Joe, the point is we were told coming up to viability. This is what's happening. It's going up. We need to make considerations as to what could happen. We asked for things to be delayed as much as possible. But the medics were on her. Tom's heartbeat was being monitored and he was fine the entire time. So what they managed to do because of the aid was save his life ensure that he was given the best chance of having independent living, which he does have, because his lungs are allowed to mature. Cotchin's life was saved on the flip side. And categorically, and we were told, within the neonatal unit for the 115 days, and we, we were in there for 8 or 10 hours every day for 115 days, that if this was any other country, that Tom would have been induced earlier and we would have been encouraged to do so. No one was obliged to look after him. And would you, would, you, would, you have been, would you have been forced 
but, but the medic saying if it was another country, you would have been forced to have an early delivery and no, faith no. What it, what it is, is is that we would have been encouraged to consider mm. early inducement, and that uh, basically premies are given their best chance by having doses of steroids given so their lungs can mature. Tom was given three because he was kept in Uturo, and mm. our insistence, along with the medics, if it was another country, he probably would have got one. So if he wasn't juiced. Uh, okay, so how, how, would a ye- how would a yes vote next Friday change that situation, do you believe? Well, it would change the situation as follows. Uh, because um, under the heads of bail, under vague mental health grounds, babies are allowed to be... But what's it, well, I did, there's, no, there's, no, there's no phrase vague mental health grounds. I uh, know, but... There's a phrase called mental health grounds. I don't think anyone has... Uh, I don't think anyone has mental health problems calls some vague mental health problems. You either no, have or you don't. I mean, all, all, all I can do is try and reflect on similar legislation in other countries. No, I'm talking about the legislation that's... Pro- pro- the vote is here next Friday, if I can bring you back to that, Joe. And the question yeah. I'm asking is, what? how would a yes vote change the situation that your family were, were, were in? OK, well, it would have changed it because um, we would have been given more forceful options, possibly, and um, certainly encouraged to early induce our son because he wouldn't have been the same considered 